Craft Beer Radio, episode 93, for October 25th, 2007. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. This week, well, three big beers and uh, big, strong, interesting beers. Yes. First beer we're doing tonight is from Voodoo Brewing Company. Some of you will know this as uh, the What Beer Am I? That's right. From a couple weeks ago. This is why known as Big Brown Ale. Uh, Voodoo is a brewery out of Meadville, Pennsylvania. It's uh, halfway between Pittsburgh and Lake Erie. They do any meads? They don't do meads. It's very foamy. Mm, it is. So here's a glass full of foam for you, Greg. Hmm. I actually had this beer already tonight. I was up at the uh, bottle shop. They were having a voodoo beer tasting when Greg said, hey, I can come to a show. So we're like, sweet. And so I picked up two of the voodoo beers. I'm not drinking them both tonight, but two of the voodoo beers that I thought were head and shoulders above the rest. Awesome. So uh, this head is... Head and shoulders, mm, they were the best two. All right. So this this pour is very dark. Um, lots of head, like Jeff said, and it's sort of a it's kind of a tannish, creamy head. Very, you know, it's got brown highlights, but I can't really see through it. Yeah, and it's pretty dark. The um, I was talking with the brewer. Got a lot of great info about this. It's a one man show, kind of like East End Brewing. Buy a good friend a good beer, and uh, <laughs> he doesn't keg his beer. He only bottles in twenty two ounce bottles. Really? So he's an all bomber brewery. And in this part of the country, that's novel. You know, if you're out in California, everyone has bombers. But here, there's not too many microbreweries brewing, bottling and bombers. He has a weird distribution technique. He is selling his beer in metro areas. So you can get his beer in Philly and Pittsburgh, Chicago. I'm not sure if he said Detroit or not, but, like, you can't get it in Meadville. Huh. But I think he's changing that because there's some local demand. Like, there's a brewery in my town. I want your beer. So it's kind of a – he has these plans, and I think that's going to be a little adjustment to his plan because you got to keep the local guys happy, right? But but he's doing – instead of, you know, growing out and filling the market, you know, like all the gaps between here and there, he's picking these, you know, these dense urban centers to put his beer out into. It's interesting that, you know, it's not – he doesn't make any kegs or anything, so – you never can go to a bar and get the, his beer. You can buy. You can get. You can buy bombers, bombers there, but you, you never go to a bar and get it from the tap. And that—that's. Int- I've never. I mean, I'm, I'm sure other people do that, and I just haven't heard of it. Mm-hmm. But you know, usually when you think about getting the word out, is you know, people going to bars and finding new beer and trying it. It's not people going, especially around here in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. where you. It, well, in Pennsylvania is pretty much his only customers bottle shops. Yeah, um, that's what he said. I. Can't say there's no bars that he's sold beer to, but it's mostly bottle shops. It's an interesting uh, business model that he's doing. They are are working with the investors who bought the Four Sons Titusville Brewery that closed down. They're going to reopen that, so it's going to be a brew pub restaurant that he's going to have help with the beers there. Um, the coolest thing he has for his Belgian beers, he has this unique, very very old, somewhat secretive Belgian yeast strain. That Pierre Sellis gave him. <laughs> and I didn't know you could do this, but you can have 
one of these big yeast laboratories, store your yeast, clean it, you know, do all the microscopic right. stuff you got to do. And then whenever you want some, they'll step it up and send you a pitching size batch of your yeast. Wow. So he has his yeast at one of the, the yeast laboratories and he has this very special yeast that Pierre Sellis gave him himself. This little brewery in Meadville. It's kind of, I didn't get time to talk to him about his background. He seemed to be an educated, accomplished brewer, but I'm not positive. Well, let's give it beer a shot. So the aroma, the big head, it's really whacking out the aroma for me. I'm just getting a bunch of this foam CO2 type smell right. that you get off a really foamy beer. I'm getting a little bit of malt caramel, but with that huge head, it really kind of whacks out. There's very little you can actually smell. Like you said, the CO2 aroma, nothing much. But that flavor is almost smoked. Um, yeah, you're a, right. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot of that deep, um, it's it's kind of charcoal like our, mm-hmm. like a beer in the pre-show bit. The um, beer I put it in the fridge as soon as I came home, and it's not cold enough. I don't think it should be colder because right now I'm getting it's like this porter, roasty, burnt, not too much caramel. It's more porter tasting right now. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot better at a colder temperature. So, you know, maybe we'll do, I'll put the rest of this back in the fridge and maybe we can, you know, taste it later or something like that. But we'll still drink the what's in our glasses. Absolutely. So we're back and still not getting much aroma here. Yeah, I'm not either. So what percent is this? Do, do we know? I would say it's seven, around seven. I remember right. I don't have the documentation right in front of me. So it's kind of like Indian brown ale in terms of... I'd say it's it's more Americanized, more imperialized than like a dogfish head Indian brown ale. And at this temperature, it, it's tasting like a um, uh, an, uh, an ashy, robust porter. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm tasting right now. There's definitely a smoke quality to it. There's... Um, and it's not turning me off the smoke quality, which is good, because we did have that one smoke show where mm-hmm. I just couldn't take it. Um, there's a yeah, charcoaly, ashy is a, is a really good descriptor because mm-hmm. there's there's that burnt flavor. Right. Some of the other beers, the other beer that I bought that I really like, they have a wit beer spiced with juniper berries and peppercorns. It was an imperial whip beer. Let's <laughs> pepper draft. Yeah, well, much better than what I suppose pepper draft tasted like. But that was really good. It was um, kind of reminiscent of um, Southampton Double White, but not as cor- you know. There's no coriander in it, so it's yeah. like take that spice out and throw in this juniper, you know, pep- pepper nigrum type thing. And I remember I didn't really like um, Southampton Double White, not nearly as much as you did, and. I just felt overwhelmed by not just the coriander, but just the the stronger wheat. It didn't. I don't know if I. It, I haven't tried any wheat wine, so mm-hmm. I don't know how much I'd go for that. But then again, I did. Um, I I did like that. What was that beer that was really hoppy? Wheat beer. Oh, well, Gumblehead. Gumblehead. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. So right. We'll have to get some uh, wheat wines. If anyone's in Seattle and would like to send us some uh, Old Soul from uh, Big Time, 
I can give you my address. <laughs> this is for Greg to taste. I had it last time I was in Seattle, and it was a it was an interesting beer. For you know, wheat wine wasn't really what I expected when I drank it, but also at that point in my life, I really didn't know what all the styles were. Right. So I'd, I'd love to try another wheat wine. I'm trying to think if I've had one since. There's not too many around. So I'm finally understanding the aroma now, and it's it's not what I thought of carbonation. It is that very cindery type smell you get from like black patent malt or something like that. Okay. That's where most of the aroma is. And, and it's kind of hiding in there, but that's the aroma I'm getting. Yeah, it's hard for me to pick anything out. Is there any beer news that we have? I didn't prepare any. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get a chance to prepare anything either. Uh so unfortunately it's gonna be kind of a bare bone show. Hopefully yeah, sorry you deal about with that. This. Hopefully hopefully you don't think we're slacking too bad. New York Times did an article about cask beer is coming back um and seems an interesting article you should be able to find on the on the times uh site oh there, i got some beer news and it dare it be a <laughs> dare it be a macro muck okay a samuel adams macro muck okay so a lot of you probably oh, heard this story yes, already yes okay i have heard this story a lot of you probably heard this story already but for those of you who haven't there's um there's a good write-up on the uh the on jay brookston or uh, Jay Brooks's uh, blog, Brookston Beer Blog, Beer Bulletin, Brookston Beer Bulletin, the BBB, the BBB, right? And there is a guy, a city councilman running for mayor in Portland, Oregon. His name's Sam Adams. Mm-hmm. Well, they got one of the radio stations is kind of supporting him, so they put up some websites, Sam Adams for Mayor, or something like that. Well, they got a letter from Brookston Beer Company saying cease and desist the use of Sam Adams. Right. Their trademark to name. So the, uh, the I mean the basic story is that the the lawyer or the person in charge of you know enforcing Boston Beer's trademarks didn't take the time to see what the deal was, and that sounds like they are bullying, right? When you say, "Oh, Sam Adams, that can't be used," letters out, you know. So it's like you really put you know hurting yourself for you know. Especially beer town, Portland, Oregon. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think that it's kind of it's one of those things where something crosses the desk, they would put a check mark on it, and it goes out without them really taking any time to consider. And I understand that mentality from the business perspective because you can't if you put you know ten hours into looking into everything. Oh, I understand that you have to vigorously protect your trademarks, right? But I mean, you, you well, have a, to because if you don't, then somebody can take advantage of you. Even after the lady was confronted about this whole thing, I didn't read this on the AP article, but on uh, the Brookston Beer Bulletin, she said she'll work with Sam Adams to allow him to use his name on his website during the campaign. Allow him to use his given name. <laughs> I mean. That's putting your foot in your mouth even more. Well, I mean, from the from the perspective of trademarks, the way I understand it is, as soon as you like, let's let's take Sam Adams out. Let's say Coca Cola. Let's say someone else started to use Coca Cola for some other product. As if Coca Cola did not shut them down, if they just let them go, mm-hmm. then somebody else could use that as precedent. Right. Against Coca Cola, like Pepsi could release something called Coke. Use that as precedent. That these things that, that this that Coca Cola didn't stop it from being used here, and suddenly the trademark is is open territory. So from Sam Adams' perspective, they they have a trademark, a legal trademark, 
it's just it happens to be a name. Mm-hmm. But they do have to work within the confines of of how right, the tra- so trademark. They have worked. to license the trademark to right. Sam Adams for free, but it has to technically be a license to protect their trademark. Exactly. I see. Well, it's still a macro muck from from a brewery <laughs> that you know we like. I had Jim Cook on the show, you right. know, last week on the interviews, and uh, unfortunately we had the macro muck them. <laughs> That's what happens. I mean, you know, silly little things will happen when you're a big enough company. It just, yeah, I mean, I, maybe we should get an interview with the lady who sent out the article. <laughs> you can try. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure she's talking to everyone and people are just bashing her left and right. Apparently the people in Portland are none too happy. There's a previous thing where in the It's mid- one of those things that if that common sense seems like it'd be, you know, it's stupid. How, why, why would they even bother with that? from a common sense perspective, but the reason they bother with it is because the law isn't always common sense, unfortunately. There was a thing, I guess, in the mid-90s, Boston Beer started a DBA, the Oregon Beer Company, started selling beer out there, and it didn't go for very well. So they already have, like a, from what I read, a tenuous presence I see. in Oregon. So I'm sure this will get picked up and be blown way out of proportion, but that's what we're doing here. That's right move on to the next beer shall we all right so this is stones ninth now, anniversary. Hmm, which way do we want to go do we want to do this is 11th anniversary yeah the 11th do we do the stone let's do the brown one. okay the bad <laughs> and the hoppy <laughs> i said the brown the black and the, the brown the black and the hoppy sorry <laughs> okay so we'll do I, the I didn't stone. but i didn't mean bad as like bad i meant bad as like you know Big and bad. So this is because I, I haven't tried it yet. So. I haven't had this beer yet. What I've heard is it's a very hoppy black ale. It doesn't like they use a certain kind of grain that really doesn't look taste like what it looks like because it looks like stout porter. It's definitely hoppy. <laughs> what do you smell that? You you do not expect a smell like that coming out of a beer that that isn't the glass that's black. It's black with some uh, with some brown highlights. Again, I mean almost. The the port- <laughs> that's a funny smell. Yeah, the 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 brown ale it, it looks very similar to the brown ale we just had because that was very, it's, very it's, dark too. Uh, although the, the head is a little bit lighter yeah. and um, the highlights are a little bit lighter, but the smell is vigorously hoppy. So when I'm drinking this, I'm just looking for hints of no- roast and things like that. And overall, it's very very subtle. But I th- I'm getting some at the end. It's, it has this really. There's um, a. Again, it's more. It's that ashy type flavor at the end. I'm not really detecting no? the ashy so much. I mean, I'm I'm getting more uh, sweetness, more kind of um, what I call <laughs> the sort of hopsicle flavor. Uh, it might approach the man candy. Uh, <laughs> it's you know it's not bad. Man candy. (laughs) We've had many people talking about that. There's, because some people take that and and think that we're, or think that it can be misconstrued as that we're talking about guy treats. Well, yeah, let's call it guy treats. Guy treats. (laughs) You know, again, that can be misconstrued as well. uh, That's a really juicy hop profile, and the color just throws you for a loop. 
there's definitely a bitterness at the end that 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 lingers. It's you know the stone trademark. I wouldn't expect it not to be there. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah, there, there's a good amount of juicy hoppiness there. Uh, heterosexual man candy. I <laughs> I don't know how to define there's it. A couple other suggestions, you know, candy for guys. And I, I don't want to you know alienate any, anybody. Or... I don't want to alienate anybody who you know may not be heterosexual as well because I don't want to. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I I feel like it's it's a good descriptor mm-hmm. because uh, adult just, candy. I I don't know. I mean, it's like man candy just sounds so. It just rolls off the tongue. It's luscious. Yeah, you know, it just is like just like eating a chocolate chip cookie. It just it, it fills your senses with this. It satisfies sweet. you on a level like candy did when you were a kid, and. You know, it gives you that kind of. It just it it brings. You know, there's a party in my mouth. Everyone's invited. It brings joy to your senses, <laughs> and there's, you know, some people don't like when we say man candy, but I can't get enough of it. I think it's I think it's the uh, we should petition to have it be the new word for 2007. <laughs> we have a couple of listeners who think it's perfect, and then other ones think it's a little bit inappropriate. It's a little. I'm sorry to get a little bit of the astringency at the end, a little bit of the uh, of the burnt character. Now, I think it'd be better if it wasn't there, frankly. But this is not a beer. This is a beer that they're you know this is their 11th anniversary. They're they're playing around. This is not a production beer that they're right. going to be doing all the time. So in that sense, I get where they're coming from. You know. So yeah, I hey, I like it. I don't dislike it at all. I, I think it's a it's a good beer. As a good, you know, one time only. It's not something that I would be drinking all the time. Okay, so here's a little bit the bottom. On the back of the anniversary bottle is lots and lots of writing again. Gosh. Not quite as superfluous as the, um, where's the anniversary bottles that are superfluous? Yes, those are the ones that are okay. ridiculous. And, and these, this one's not ridiculous. This one? It, if you need a dic- I mean, like, there's, they used to have it, so you had to have a dictionary with you. I don't care how, I don't care if you were, you know, what's her name? Mir- Maria Von Zant? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's just well. They talk about their new brewery right. and the bistro and all that stuff. So a lot's happening here. But then here's the anniversary. Yes, I realize it's hyperbole. I'm just. Yes. I think it's funny that. So what's up with this year's anniversary? Oh, I asked Steve as he popped into my office after a fairly significant pause. He thought he said, "Well, we're back on the IPA horse again, like last year. We thought it was a good, and we enjoyed riding it a little bit longer. It's been a very. It's been very good to us." Then he walked away back into his office. That's it? I yelled after him? <laughs> it's hard to read on a curved surface. Let me see. Read, read the whole thing, the bottom paragraph. Okay. Where were you? Uh, that's it? I yelled after him? That's all you're going to give me? He leaned back into my doorway and responded with a, yep. He said it with a grin before disappearing again. That's a weird sentence. <laughs> looks like we're going in... Look, uh, excuse me. Looks like we're going to be kept in the dark with this IPA. Pitch dark. Someone was at the GABF was telling me about there's a, a kind of black malt out there that gives just color and not flavors. And I wish I could remember the name of the malt right now. See, if you say and respond with a yep, you don't afterwards say he said. You've already put your 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 qualifier there. For, <sighs> You've already bashed the uh, proofreader for Stone. You, you know, have to do it, it again. <laughs> it's one of those things. Something that about, bugs spelled me. Gandhi wrong last you year. Spelled Gandhi wrong, yeah. Overall, I mean, this is for Stone's big beers. I think this is nice. It doesn't finish too sweet. No, yeah, I, I really do enjoy it. It's it's um, was eight point seven percent. It's not overwhelmingly you know bitter. It's not 
blowing you away with uh, with just you know, ridiculous hops. It's not giving you a, a huge amount of astringency with the roast. It's got all of it. Now, it's like I said, it's it's a beer that has some interesting flavors. You're not going to get a lot. It's probably not something that you're going to want to have four or five bottles of. It's um, Yeah, I don't see this as one that will age very well. Yeah. But it's something unique and interesting, and mm-hmm. I think that I, they deserve praise for that. It's a drink fresh. You know, thinking back, though, I don't know. Do you remember the Stone's 7th anniversary? The one we had down at Kelly's? I had the bottle. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I still remember that beer. It was it was a brown ale, mild, big, you know, stepped up brown ale or mild or something. Oh, that was so good. It's it's my favorite stony anniversary that I've had since then. I mean, man, good stuff. <laughs> Wish they'd brewed that again. They need to go back and have their seventh anniversary all over again. Mm. That's the problem with these beers is that you can only get them once. And if they're great, well, too bad. Yep. The last big bottle of beer. It's going to be our last beer. We're not. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll have another beer. Yeah. Well, let's see how we feel after this beer. Yeah, this okay. beer weighs in at 10% alcohol by volume. All right. This is from a Southern Tier Brewing Company. This is their Imperial Extra Pale Ale, kind of an oxymoron, called Hoppy. So we had the brown, the black, and the hoppy. And the hoppy. H O P P E is how they spell this one. So maybe it's Hoppe, or is it. Uh... I'm guessing it's called Hoppy. This is one of the beers I sent to Jeffrey T. The Good Beer Show. And, um, well, I think the Unearthly IPA was their favorite from Southern Tier. They they gave this one high praise, too. I'm getting that same sort of cooked vegetable aroma that I got from the Rocky Mountain IPA. It's a cooked green vegetable. It's like... um... Ooh, I'm not getting anything like vegetables. I'm getting juicy... Orange type aroma, like oh, just like a cooked cabbage. You're no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting a delicious IPA aroma. It's a sweet. It's um it's centennial and cascade type aroma. Let me smell yours. Getting some caramel malt aromas out of it, which is kind of weird because of the color, which is a nice golden. Um, Kind of what you'd expect when you hear extra pale ale. I like to see the bubbles coming out of here. It looks like there's some nice nucleation sites at the bottom of this glass, and I can finally see bubbles. It looks very nice. It's very clear. This is uh, clearly a filtered beer. <laughs> I'm not sure. There's a little bit of haze in there. Really? To me, it's very clear. Well, no, there's some haze. I guess a little bit, but that's good. Reminds me of like a Three Floyds beer, like an Alpha King or something like that. So it has that full, sweet mouth feel. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mm, that's it, especially the aftertaste is awesome. Fan-freaking-tastic. But there's, there's, a, there's a flavor there when you – the first sip, the, the, the very first flavor, and I'm trying to pick out what that flavor is because I've experienced that before. The thing that shocked me the most when I first took a sip was that... I can't it, place it. The thing that shocked me the most when my first sip was the mouthfeel seemed light. Later than the aroma and the flavor really? kind of told me it was going to be. I don't feel be. that way at all. See, now it's kind of filling out. I'm getting used to it. But the first sip, maybe after you know the stone or something like that, it was causing it. But no, it, it's it's kind of filling out now. And it's more full. And this is a great... It's one of those... You know... We don't want to use the term man candy, or some of our listeners don't want us to use it. But this is another 
sweet, delicious beer. There's a morphine flavor there. There's a flavor that, that begins, and I, I don't know how else to describe it, but if you think of, think of the aftertaste as somewhat lemon and citrusy-like, and think of the initial taste as almost tomato-like. Uh, it's kind of like a, a it, it's not quite as bright, uh, still a little bit. I'm not getting. I mean, when I it doesn't taste like tomatoes. I'm just trying to. I know I'm not think, a tomato connoisseur, but when you say tomato, like I think very acidic, and I mean I would think almost like a Flanders red would be more tomato like. That's the kind of thing I'm picking out. I mean, I think of a tomato as kind of like you know a good tomato has a little bit of sourness in it. A good lemon is gonna is gonna be really sour. Um, but tomato it has more of an earthy kind of flavor along with it and some tanginess, whereas the lemon kind of removes that, is much more bright and sour. So it starts with a little bit of earthiness and then branches out into brightness. That's kind of the way the flavor is going. Mm. I wouldn't say it tastes anything like tomatoes or lemons either. I'm just using that as a right. descriptor of um, fruits from one end to another. You know, the, the earth you're saying, it does, you know, now I'm thinking about it from the, you know, putting your things into my context. The I'm tasting a fair amount of of maltiness, graininess at the beginning, and then it does feed into the hops afterwards. You you don't really notice you're tasting malt until you think about because there's so much hops the whole way through. Right. But you do get a hit with a little bit of that's where that the sweetness that is a portion of the man candy flavor. Right. We're just driving some people crazy, aren't we? <laughs> Absolutely, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is what it is. <laughs> You know, since you know, since we had that episode where I, I said it is what it is, I have not used that except for in an ironic way. Since that, <laughs> not not just on the show, but in everything I've done, because every time I've I've stopped myself from saying that, well, and I've also fun. caught how many people say that when they're not saying nothing. So it, he was right. It's it's funny that you know it was not in my vocabulary until that show, and now it's in my vocabulary. But I think more so, it's mostly ironic when I use it. <laughs> or I say it in a in a more of a, a demeaning way, where I only use it when yeah, it is what it is. But you know, it's not a good thing. But I guess that's what most the guy was talking about. How his manager used it, too. right? Yeah. But, but yeah, um, I've never just he got me using that phrase. <laughs> my my thing is you can't change the past, which is kind of like it is what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's a little bit more. I don't know, treating it with kid gloves. <laughs> Right, you can't change what happened in the past, so you got to move forward. Hundred percent, give hundred ten percent, which is impossible. Cause you I can bet you there really is a leprechaun. Cartman should talk to Doc and Marty. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely should. That's on Channel One Hundred One. Do a search on a failed pilots for the real adventures of Doc and Marty, and um, be amazed. <laughs> Don't go there if you have small children in the room, or or if there's anybody in the room, <laughs> including much. yourself. <laughs> you don't want anyone to know you're watching it. <laughs> but you'll laugh your ass off. So this is this is really good. I've I've enjoyed the beers we've had tonight. I you mean, want to pull out one more? Yeah, I do. I mean, we've got to kill these orphans, and they're big beers. One more. So the more I'm tasting this, you know, as as I'm getting to the end of, of there's more left, but you know, as I'm getting to this, the less that that initial earthy flavor is going, the more 
MC I'm tasting. MC. There okay. The, now it's an inside. Right. Inside comment. Nice. You know, when you get these juicy, hoppy beers, man, they... How else do you describe it? Our last beer of the night is from Mike in San Diego. Thank you very much, Mike. This is from the best small brewery in the country, Port Brewing. American Beer Fest. Sharkbite Red Ale. These are the same guys who did Lost Abbey, Tommy Arthur. So let's see how much a red ale does for us. It's got a lot to compete with because these are some very strong beers we had. And the red ale is not exactly... Known for being your strongest. We could be setting up for disaster, but it is Port Brewing. It's Tommy's beer. I'm hoping that you know it's a it's a hell of a red ale. Already, I'm smelling hops. I mean, either that's what we smelled before. Oh, that's a weird. You no, know, the first thing I thought when I smelled it. This is weird. I hope, like, by the way, I hope Mike in San Diego is okay. Is that San Diego is where all the fires are? And yeah, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully all our listeners in that area of the country are okay. It's crazy, those fires. Yeah. First thing I smelled was like a um, a blue cheese type smell. <laughs> really? That's what my brain said on the first whiff. I haven't taken a second whiff because I wanted to get that out there before I changed my mind. But Give them their smell. I, I don't s- smell that. No, here. Try my glass. I'm getting this little bit of... Yeah, same thing I smell in my other glass. It, I don't know, it's... Okay, now I'm getting... Do you smell more hoppy in mine? I'm getting different aromas now, but the first three aromas, they were this kind of like a blue cheese. Not like super potent, but subtle. Kind of like the the funky... It's this... How would I describe that part of the aroma? It's... Well, it's a funky aroma. I mean, blue cheese is a very funky aroma. Yeah. Okay, now I'm smelling hops and, and some caramel malt and stuff like that. But no, I smell blue cheese the first couple. I don't know what to tell you. I didn't smell that. It's, it's been a real different... The smell escapes this, mm-hmm. <laughs> this show. has been very interesting. Lots of hops and... and uh, it's a lighter beer than the other ones. So it, it's kind of... it's In terms of the, the, tec- you know, the texture, the, um, the mouthfeel is, is... I want to say graham crackers. Subtle, subtle you're, graham crackers. You're, you're getting close. I don't think that that's quite right. I know where you're coming from. Um, not quite graham crackers. Think more party crackers, like um, that you put cheese on, like um, a buttered sesame cracker, something like that. Yeah. Okay. And hops, of course. Right. right. And uh, you know, we're we're trying to find the gram- the the butter party sesame cracker inside the hops. <laughs> I wonder if that's why I smelled blue cheese. I, I don't, don't know because I usually put blue cheese on those kind of crackers. <laughs> some of you may say crackers are just bread products made with the same grains that you're drinking the beer with. So what does that say? I don't know. Not much. It's <laughs> no. I mean, like the the crackers I'm thinking of are the. Um, I don't even know what they're called. You buy them in a box. There's three different kind of three right, different right, sleeves right. of crackers. The sesame buttered ones. That's what this flavor I'm tasting is. It's kind of along those lines. I agree with you. Maybe the hint of honey, like from the graham cracker type flavor. See, I think the graham cracker is too sweet. This yeah. isn't really a sweet. Well, beer. that's why I tried to so, say it's yeah. subtle, but it's not bad. It's not bad, and there there is a little bit of that MC flavor there too. 
I wouldn't go as far as uh, as MC for this one. It's not. No, it's it's there. That flavor it's not is this, there. It's not this luscious filling your mouth and making your your saliva glands just. No, shoot it's, out. it's not throughout the entire beer like like say the well, hoppy but, was. But you you can't you can't water down MC. You have to keep it for the special, the ones that just make your saliva glands just empty out and fill your mouth with sli- you know. Okay, juices. all right, I I will concede that point. You got a point there. Shark bite. Yeah, this is a shark bite red ale from Port Brewing. I do it's like the, you Beach. know red. It is kind of um, the color is more like a tea, more like iced tea than than say like it does look exactly like iced tea. And say red, a little cloudier but than I most mean, iced teas. The tees. idea, shark bite. You get bit, you bleed. It'll be red. That's kind of cute. And, and there's certainly a bite there too. So there's a whole kinds of hooks in from the name, the color, yes, and the style, indeed. and the. That Tommy, he sure is a thinker, isn't he? Yep. By the way, in case you were curious, you could find all of Jeff's great, I will say, I've listened to the whole thing, great GABF coverage. Well, that's the one thing. We did get one email from a listener saying, I can't wait till you put up the GABF compilation show. I don't think I'm going to get around to doing a GABF compilation show. Just because I'm not sure how to pick and choose to get about 30, 40 minutes of good content. I guess I could do just the interviews, but... You can cut pieces of the interviews, but yeah, I mean, that, that's a lot of work. The I listeners don't... who care can go, and we should plug this. On our website, you will find a link to the GABF section. On the GABF section, there is a link to the podcast feed for the GABF section. So you have two options. You can go to the website and click and pick and choose the shows you want. Or you can subscribe to the GABF podcast feed and either download all the GABF content, all five and a half hours of it, or you can pick and choose in your podcast aggregator. We have a lot of the food and beer sessions that uh-huh. they did at the Food Pavilion. We have a bunch of short interviews with uh, different people. We sit down and talk with Jim Cook for about 15 minutes. I really liked your interview with Garrett Oliver. Did really you like that? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, I haven't talked with you after you've listened to any of that stuff, so I'm glad you glad you like the content. Absolutely. Jeff did a fantastic job. I recommend everybody go check out our site, crappyradio.com. It's a prominent link there. I think you'll keep it as number two link, I think, for a while. Yeah, I'm going to keep it up near the top. Yeah, I mean, anyone who saw me at the GBF will kind of realize how much work I put into the yeah. recording all that stuff. I, I wish I was there. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like a blast next year, hopefully. Crush yeah. fingers. And hopefully I can go next year with the baby. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's going to be eight months old, so hopefully it'll be good I, enough. You know, and I don't know if I'd be able to do it alone. I mean, Jeff's more of the, of the you know, Well, if starter. we both go next year, I'm hoping that we can have two recording devices and get things from multiple angles and get more stuff and, and have a plethora, defined plethora of, um, <laughs> of content. Sounds good. All right. Well, I, it's that time. Well, oh, oh. Well, no. We have to try the brown ale properly chilled. Well, let's hope it's cold enough. Let's hope. All right. So here we go. Does it feel cold enough? That's. It feels cold on the on the glass. Hopefully, the beer's cold. Yeah. A lot of head. Although I poured mine too vigorously. Look God, at you that. know what I'm smelling now? Coffee. Are you? My head's way too big. So. Kind of a, a um, dark roasty coffee, like a real dark roast. Okay, yeah, I can get that a little bit. That is better. 
That is better. Yeah, the temperature is much better now. Mm-hmm. I still have too much foam to really taste it, but I can get from what I got. That's a good temperature instead of being yeah. like, well, yeah, it's a little bit warm but drinkable. That's um, it's much more coffee like now. And you know how much I love a coffee beer. It really does have a lot of. Um, it's like a mocha coffee, and oh, that's so much better than we had it before. Yeah, that's really good. Now this is a much. This is an even harder decision. It still now. tastes like a porter to me instead of a brown ale. Yeah, but much better. I give the aftertaste of coffee too, which mm-hmm. I love. I love. That the, I mean, it's only probably five, six degrees difference. Seven degrees. I mean. But made a world of difference in the it flavor. It is interesting how that can do that. I mean, you know, most of these beers we keep at, we keep in Jeff's fridge, which how fridge is set around forty two, right? And then we, we take them out right before we're doing the show, and we let them sit on here as we're pouring, so they get some time to warm up a bit. Warm up a bit, but they're generally pretty cold. Mm-hmm. They're not. I mean, sometimes when you pick from from the cellar, they're warm. Well, like, for example, the pre-show beer I wanted to do was going to be the Presque Isle Pilsner from Erie Brewing. But I just put that in the fridge, too. And being a Pilsner, you you can't do a Pilsner justice right. by drinking it too warm. So I kind of passed on that. And we did the, the, the IPA, which has been in the fridge for a couple of weeks now. So that was at fridge temp. There's no question mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, Wow, this is this is like a coffee beer. I'm not sure if I... Yeah, well, I would say I'm not sure if I'd go that far. And then you get this little jab from the roast that's saying, Hey, yeah, I, I got some good coffee you know, roast in here. I love coffee beers. This is almost like... It almost tastes like espresso. It's really good. <laughs> All right, time to rank. And it's a really hard choice, so I'll go first. Because... I'm having a really tough time, so I'm going to formulate it out as I'm talking to you guys. Um, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, well, there's very little that excites me more than MC. Yes. And there's just is, like the perfect harmony in a beer right. you know good mc and there's one beer that had that in spades and that's the southern tier hoppy so okay you win hoppy congratulations oh boy number two um wow at proper temperature this big brown this big brown ale is big brown delicious and yeah that's number two for me that's just wow. That's it's really good in temperature at, at the proper temperature. Make sure it's cold. Who? Oh man, number three. Um, you know. You know. I think that oof, this is tough because they're both great. I think the stone wins out here. I think okay. that, uh, I mean, the, the interesting, there are so many interesting aspects of the stone. There's lots of really, you know, lots of good flavor there. It doesn't go overboard. It leaves with a little bitterness. It's, but at the same time, I mean, it, it's not overboard. And, you know, it's got the interesting bit of the, the grain. It's, it's not a beer that I would like to have a lot of. Mm-hmm. So I'm right. qualifying this because I wouldn't, I don't know if I'm really interested in having, you know, after today, and I'll finish it up while we watch, you know, whatever, and we listen and we do the pro show. But I don't know if I'd be interested in having any more of it. But for today, 
I like the experience of, of having in, in a beer like that. It was right. it was cool. So I'll give that number three. Port Brewing number four, like right next to it. I mean, you know, neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it had some interesting flavors in it for sure. Yeah, it's a really, really good beer. I mean, you can see the, the artistry going into it. I mean, mm-hmm. can you make a red ale good? <laughs> you bet you can. Uh, it had a lot to, to go up well, against. You know, th- if you put it that way, well, it's red ale and Irish red are two different things. Right. Irish red is a style that I completely cannot appreciate. It just I've never found an Irish red that has set me well. This certainly is an Irish red. It's too hoppy. It's no. it's a it's an American red. It's an American red. I mean, it's it's, it's definitely not an Irish red, but it's like it's, I mean, it's a great beer. It just it has some extremely tough competition, some extremely hoppy, high alcohol competition, which is always tough for a beer that's you know lower lower in alcohol and kind of a not quite a session beer, but still, I mean, it's there. Uh yeah, so that's it. That that's my four. I guess you know. Would you put the pre-show beer the pre-show last? Pre-show beer, I'd probably put last. Yeah, I would too. We do the Rocky Mountain IPA from Fort Collins. It was a decent IPA, but it was a really harsh IPA. And compared to the compared to these other beers, it was just too harsh. Yeah. Well, first I need to thank Kyle for sending us the Soda Eleventh Anniversary. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. We appreciate it. And as for my rankings. I'm going to have to start out agreeing with Greg. The Hoppy was a very good beer. 10% alcohol. It hid the alcohol very, it really did. very well. That's we didn't mention that. Point. That's a very good point. It was hiding in there. It could screw you up if you weren't sure how strong that beer was. It could screw you up if you aren't, if you, even if you know how strong yeah. it is. Number two, I'm going to change Greg's order. I'm going to put this down number two. because I can see that. I it mean, had another MC character to it. Yeah. And it was a very good IPA. And being black, I'm not sure that really affects my rankings, but it's neat saying... It's neat. It, it is a neat beer. I recommend everybody try it. I don't recommend you buy two bottles, but buy one bottle. It could be fun yeah. if you have a beer geek friend and you pour him this beer and tell him it's a porter or a stout <laughs> and they drink it. Well, there's two things you could do. That. They'll like spit it out because it's not a porter right. and stout and it's an IPA. Even if they like IPAs, they might spit it out because it's not what they expect. Or you tell them it's an IPA. Or it's like the hypnosis thing where you, te- you tell someone that they're eating a potato and it's a lemon and they're eating the lemon because they don't realize. And they're like, yeah, that's nice and roasty. So you could really screw up with someone you with the, uh, the stone Or just lemon. tell them you're going to pour them a great IPA and pour them this black beer. And they're looking like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that could be fun. The uh, for number three, I am going to put the uh, the wine known as Big Brown Ale at proper temperatures. At proper temperature, right? And um, it was lagging far behind if it wasn't for the proper temperature. Yeah, it was just very ashy when it was warm, but at proper temperature, it, it was it, better flavors came out when it was at proper temperature, which is yeah. kind of different from what I'm used to because usually I'll oh, let the beer room up to warm room temperature and you're gonna find some cool stuff in there. Right. That's one th- I. I would presume there's a, a little bit of black patent or something in there. And when it's too warm, that's all you taste. For number four, I'm going to put the Port Brewing, the Shark Bike Red. It was a nice red ale, very enjoyable. Stiff competition tonight. And I'm going to have to agree with Greg and put the Rocky Mountain IPA, the pre-show beer, last. Just too harsh. Too harsh yep. for the lineup. Yep. If we're doing all harsh beers, harsh IPAs, <laughs> then it might. But, you know, it's like, hey... Try using some warrior or some summit or whatever the heck they use in that beer. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and that is the problem with this lineup is that 
every beer is compared, you know, against beers that we that we've had before, they may be friggin' fantastic beers. So a good beer would get lost in the fray, and that's just that's what happens sometimes. Got me in a certain mood. I don't think this is a bad beer. It's just it's not wasn't quite my cup of tea at the time, and it really you know the other beers made it. Got to be in a certain mood to enjoy a harsh IPA. Yeah, something that's. Cappy like, or oh, this one wasn't like cappy, but you know something that's just hard to understand. You got to be in a certain mood or have a certain kind of food there to. to I'm totally to with the you. Beer. All right, well, thanks guys for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Sorry we didn't have too much emails or news for you. We'll try to get that next week or the week after that or something around ninety five. Hopefully, I, I hope I hope next week. I, I you know I, I kind of like doing shows like this and then doing like an email show. I mean, we'll see what listeners have to say about it, but I kind of like that. You know, we'll do some shows kind of winging it. We'll do some shows with more information. I like preparing the shows because it shows our listeners that we work at this podcast and it's not just two guys drinking beer. Right. But, you know, every once in a while you just kind of, life gets busy and you just have to drink some beer. It's a very busy time for both of us. So. If, if you only knew. <laughs> and and we'll have stories about that in the, in the next couple weeks, Absolutely. I'm sure. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. Send us an email at beer at craftbeerradio.com or check out our website, craftbeerradio.com, for forums and more information. Our music, opening and closing, were Out of Towners by the band St. Dragon, available from the Podsafe Music Network at music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is licensed under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information. Party on, everybody. So I